Hello everyone, I hope you're all keeping well. Welcome to another in our new Rapid Insights series, where we are looking at FCA rules for UK regulated funds. In this series, we are focusing specifically on rules which may be of particular relevance during the current period of market uncertainty, and which you may not yet have had the occasion to consider. Let me start by introducing myself. I'm Ursula Gonyshevska, a supervising associate in our institutional managers team. In this podcast, I'll be giving you a very quick overview of swing pricing. There are two approaches when pricing shares in an authorised fund. Firstly, and now less common, is dual pricing, which, as its name suggests, uses two prices, bid and offer, at which underlying securities are respectively quoted for sale and purchase on stock markets, to arrive at two prices at which shares or units in the fund can be bought or sold. Dual pricing is arguably inherently more accurate as, in simplistic terms, it attempts to replicate at fund level the pricing of the underlying securities in the portfolio. By far the most common way of pricing shares or units in an authorised fund is single pricing, which, by contrast, uses a single price at which shares or units may be bought and sold. That single price is arrived at by using the mid-price of the underlying securities, meaning the price that is midway between the bid and offer prices at which those securities may be sold, or bid, or bought, offer, on the stock markets on which they are traded. This, by definition, creates something of a price mismatch, as the fund manager will still be buying or selling the underlying investments on a dual price basis, and will be subject to the spread between the bid and offer prices of those investments. This spread and the dealing costs incurred in buying and selling investments caused by large inflows and outflows to the fund can cause something called dilution, which is where we go to next in this explanation of swing pricing. Dilution is really just a way of expressing the fact that an investor who is invested in a fund before a large investment is made in a fund by someone else or after a large investment is redeemed by someone else, will suffer the effects of a reduction of the NAV of his or her investment by the amount of the costs incurred by the fund in dealing with the underlying investments. His or her exposure to the strategy of the fund and the performance of their investment will be reduced or diluted accordingly. So what happens in a single-price fund when an investor wants to exit? In that case, the investor redeems their shares at the daily closed NAV per share, less than any redemption charges. As investors exit the fund, the fund may need to adjust its portfolio by selling a portion of the assets and, in doing so, will incur dealing and other costs. These costs will be picked up by the fund, reflected in the NAV as a cost, and will therefore be borne by investors that have remained in the fund. Investors that stay in the fund are therefore at a disadvantage. During times of market stress, investors may be motivated to be first out of the door, exiting the fund as soon as possible in order to avoid bearing additional costs associated with the redemption of other investors. In extreme cases, such investor action or anticipated investor action may cause the fund to make the decision to suspend dealings as a way of protecting the remaining investors. Swing pricing and dilution levies are two tools which can be used to protect investors from bearing such additional costs. Swing pricing, called dilution adjustment in the coal rules, 
is a way of adjusting the net asset value of the fund so that the transaction costs are passed on to redeeming investors. Investor loyalty is therefore rewarded and the first mover advantage is hopefully eliminated. Research published by the FCA in May 2019 presented evidence that the use of swing pricing adjustments leads to significantly reduced redemptions from bond funds during periods of market stress. Whereas swing pricing is a way of protecting continuing investors and managing liquidity risk, the complexity of swing pricing raises certain challenges. Investors will need to understand its function and have confidence that it is being used correctly and fairly. Details of the use of swing pricing must be disclosed in the prospectus, including around valuations and the calculation of the purchase and sale prices of shares or units. Careful thought will need to be given when drafting the disclosure to ensure that it is clear, fair and not misleading. It will need to be demonstrated that the swing pricing policy is designed to ultimately benefit investors. Research carried out with the FCA has found that adjusting fund prices to fairly allocate the costs of invested transactions can increase a fund's tracking error, the degree to which it diverges from any underlying benchmark it is intended to track. These errors and the efforts required to return to the track can make the fund price more volatile. These factors can then make it more difficult to attract new investors. Swing pricing is certainly a mechanism to bear in mind when thinking about how best to balance daily dealing with maintaining value. However, swing pricing should not be used as a means of gating or suspending redemptions by stealth. Exiting investors must be treated fairly. I hope this is helpful to you, particularly if you've already been looking at these rules. But please do get in touch if you have any queries or if you would like to discuss swing pricing or liquidity risk management tools more generally. Thank you. Mm-hmm.